Hey there, everyone. My name is Ari, and welcome to Made of Metal, a motivational podcast where we tell stories about regular people overcoming insurmountable odds. So hello, hello again, everybody. I'm super excited for today's episode, so I'm going to keep the <laughs> the intro short. Of course, as usual, I hope you guys are loving the series. If there's any feedback that you want to send me, please do send it to me on Facebook, on Instagram, send me an email. I would love to hear from you. But today, like I said, we are diving into a subject matter that is so close to my heart as I identify with this. Like I consider this a large part of my identity. And I feel like we, um, there's just not a lot of conversation surrounding the subject matter. And um, when I first connected with the lovely young lady that we're speaking with today, I was overcome with excitement. So today we will be having a really good discussion and I'm just really excited. I'm just not going to say anything else. So with all of that, (laughs) Joanna, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I really, really appreciate it. Please feel free to introduce yourself. Well, firstly, thank you for inviting me to be here because from our pre kind of live conversation, there was so much synergy that I knew this was going to be a fabulous conversation. So I'm Joanna Rawbone, Joe to people who know me quite well, and I'm an introvert. And I knew from very early on, actually, in my childhood, that I was different from some of my family members. I would take myself to bed early to read. And what I didn't know at the time, of course, was that was my way of recharging my batteries by just kind of extricating myself from situations. I had some fairly tough times in my teens and 20s, and it wasn't until my 30s that I discovered that what made me different was my introversion. And that didn't help me in many ways because it just highlighted the differences for me between what makes an extrovert tick and how they behave and what makes an introvert tick. So now I'd got a blueprint as to how to behave more like an extrovert because that's what society and business seem to demand. Yes. That I did until I hit my own introvert burnout. And since then, I've really focused. So for the last four years, I created a a sub-brand within my own business called Flourishing Introverts. And my mission is twofold. One is to shift the extroversion bias that it's in business and education. And the other is to enable introverts to be the best version of themselves without pretending, with without all of that stuff. So that's who I am and that's what I'm here to do. So these are in, incredibly noble causes. Um, and like I said in the beginning, very close to my heart. In particular, when we and Joanna were discussing it earlier, when we were having our, our chat, we were discussing sort of the way that introverts, the expectation is for introverts to sort of conform yeah. to sort of extrovert expectations and how that can be so, you know, performative and uh, taxing for an introvert because you're having to pretend. I really liked when you just said that we, you, you kind of, you have to pretend because you're not necessarily being mm. authentic in that space. And it's so difficult, especially in the corporate world, um, sort of navigating being an introvert and having to find your voice there, which is very, very hard. But I'm very interested in in, in the second part that you had discussed in terms of helping introverts sort of um, come into their own. 
I would love to hear more about that. So I have a a number of ways that I help people either through group programs and coaching. But for me, there's a very clear three-step process, really. And the first, it starts with introverts owning their introversion. Because so many of us, especially in the corporate world, because that's where I do a, still do a lot of my coaching and training is in the corporate world. And there is, you're right, there's still this expectation that everybody, you know, conforms with the extrovert ideal. Whoever decided that was the norm, goodness only knows. And, and so yeah. <laughs> many, many introverts feel that they've got to that point where they've had years or in some cases decades of being told be different push yourself forward speak up more be more this be more that that we have this whole sense of i'm not okay being who i am i am not enough being who i am and yes. and so yes. my first part of that process is really to help introverts own their introversion with pride. Now, I know that that's a difficult word because some people, you know, it's one of the seven deadly sins and pride comes before a fall and all that sort of stuff. But actually, we need to yeah, know. Definite negative, yeah, definite negative connotations. Exactly. We need to know that we're okay as we are. And, and then when we help introverts access their natural strengths and talents and show them how to articulate that so that their employers, in some cases, their friends and family, understand the value that those strengths bring, all of a sudden we have a whole different demeanor about us. So one of the examples I use is, and you wouldn't think it now, because now I'm talking with someone I connect with on something I'm passionate about, it'll be hard to shut me up, right? But in yeah. in the corporate <laughs> world, in the corporate world, I used to be told so many times, you know, God, you're so quiet, aren't you? And for many years, I would mumble an apology. Oh, my God, yeah. I would, oh, yeah, I'm sorry about that. I, I was thinking or whatever. These days, and what I help my clients do, is articulate a response to that that is entirely positive. And so mine starts with, thank you for noticing. One of my strengths as an introvert is my ability to listen both actively and empathically And because I notice a lot of what's going on, I also notice what's not being said. And I can only do that if I'm quiet more of the time. So thank you for noticing. Now, what a difference that makes straight away. Yes, absolutely. Oh my God. I I have always struggled with the sort of automatic apologizing because you're so used to it. You're so used to exactly what you're saying. I've I've heard that so many times. Like, hey, why are you so quiet? Are you okay? <laughs> um, is everything all right? You know, it's like, yeah, everything's okay. I'm just sort of like processing. But it's, there's no way for you to communicate that in the moment. The first thing you say is, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I was just, yeah. just like you said, I was just thinking or, you know, I got caught up in my own head. I really love the reframe from, you know, that automatic people pleasing. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll yeah. be more, you know to having to be more something to, you know, thank you for noticing, you know, this is why, because this is what I'm doing. What are other like common misconceptions about introverts that can sort of create these narratives where people do ask these questions of us? Like, you know, just sitting there quietly, just sort of processing, is everything okay? Where did that sort of come from? I I think it's because 
and I talk about in my TEDx talk, I, I talked about the fact that introverts seem to have a different communication process. So we tend to have a think, say, think communication process. So somebody will ask us a question and we will absolutely go inward and want to think about what is our true response to this. So almost the words are perfectly formed before they come out. What I've noticed about many extroverts is that they have a stream of consciousness that they make sense of as they're speaking. So what they say they probably aren't attached to in the same way that introverts are. They probably may not even remember what they said a few minutes later because it is literally, it's, you know, thoughts that are are, are coming out unformed, as it were. So there's something that goes on when, and I think the reason that we're often called quiet is because what they don't understand is our communication process. I mean, I remember being a delegate on a course long after I was a trainer, but I was a delegate on a course with a trainer, actually, I really respected. He asked me a question midway through the the course and I took my time to answer because that's what I do. And he mm-hmm. gave mm-hmm. me feedback. So he then went and asked somebody else, didn't come back to me for my answer. He gave me feedback that I was a low responder and I needed to boost my confidence. And it's like, neither of those things are true. You just don't understand my communication process. So the the myths that that then starts to build up is that we don't know our own minds, we're uncertain, we sit on the fence, we are um, antisocial, yes. Yes. we are, um, uh, I've been called stuck up, I've been called dull, I've been called all sorts. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> and it's because yes. we have different processes and because when we're in those busy environments, as introverts, we need quiet, reflective time in order to recharge, which in most open plan offices is almost impossible. So most of us spend the whole day oh kind of God, hanging yeah. on to the threads of our mental battery in order to get through the day. And any additional social interaction is just like, now I'm I'm out of flow. Now I can't focus. Now my battery is draining. So that leads to so many judgments about us. And even to this day, if you Google introvert, you'll see some incredibly negative words that are associated. Whereas when you Google or search for extrovert, life and soul of the party, outgoing, fun-filled, all these sorts of things. So very few people are going to go, yep, I'm an introvert because we see the words that's associated with it. And yet... So many great leaders are self-professed introverts, so many creatives, and I think the world needs more people who are thinking deep and listening well, and that's what's not happening at the moment. I, again, could not agree more, especially in the terms of, I really liked how you pointed out the differences in communication styles. And again, that goes back to what we had chatted about earlier in that there shouldn't be sort of this like, oh, introverts are better, extroverts are better. It's It shouldn't be that. It should be understanding how each person communicates yeah. and coming together in such a way that aligns and honors both of those communication styles without either person feeling, you know, undervalued, mm-hmm. uh, under-acknowledged. Because that's often a byproduct of being an introvert because you're not sort of... I guess I, I think it's more of a, an, a sort of an assertive 
a communication style, people just also assume that you have nothing to contribute or you're not interested or um, it's it's like the confidence and antisocial. I hear that a ton. Um, But then, like you said, it's more so that we are much more analytical, much more thoughtful, and we do connect more. I feel like we connect authentically because it's coming from a place of, hey, I've sat here and I thought about it and I've really been, you know, sort of digesting you, absorbing you and in understanding who you are. And I'm really enjoying this connection. Mm-hmm. So it just, there's just so much more depth there. So yeah, what are some sort of, I guess, resources that, or some, some sort of tools that introverts can sort of, you know, connect with to feel less like the introvert label is negative and bad and to feel more okay with can being who they are? A great question. And I think one of the first things to do is to really to spend time identifying your strengths. And we know now as kind of HR and L&D professionals that strengths are not something you're good at. Strengths are something that you are good at that you love doing. It's that combination that turns them into a strength. Yes. I remember decades ago yep. in, when I was employed in the workplace, you know, it would come to the end of the year review and my manager would tell me what my strengths are and almost push those to one side and say, now let's look at your weaknesses. But actually... What somebody observes me being good at is not necessarily a strength. It's it's a capability. It's a competence that they're actually observing. Oh, I like that. And and I think I, like I think man, managers the differentiation. Yeah, exactly. And managers and leaders really need to get to know their people, give them the opportunity to really dig in and understand what their true strengths are, and where possible, enable people to play to those strengths more often because. Quite often, a strength, when you work at that, you can develop it into a superpower, and that will often mitigate some of the things you're not so good at. And, and we know we're, we're oh. advanced enough now to know that you're highly unlikely to turn a weakness into a strength, but you can turn a strength into a superpower. So I think the first thing for me is for introverts to really get to own their introversion, own their strengths, and be prepared to talk about how that adds value to their team, to their organization, to their family, whatever it happens to be. So I think it's so important that we do that. And at the same time, because the corporate world expects us to kind of show up fully, I think it's about taking minute, you know, moment by moment, opportunities to recharge our mental batteries. So I have a, a a little downloadable resource, which is called Brilliant Battery Boosters. And for me, it's like the, you know, those little charges you get for your phone that give you an extra hour of juice. They're mm-hmm, little mm-hmm. techniques that give us that little bit extra to keep us going throughout the day. Because we know if we don't take care of our mental batteries, we're on that slippery slope from overwhelm, to introvert hangover, to introvert burnout. And that oh is, <sighs> takes so long to get over. What is a sort of a brilliant battery booster that you like to lean on when you're having sort of a, a taxing sort of day? Yeah. Um, if I'm working in my home office, which is where I am now, I, I'm known to have a dance mm-hmm. break. So I will often kind of oh, get nice. up, put my favorite yeah. music on and yeah. And, and, and mm-hmm. kind of get mm-hmm. some energy back into my body. 
if I'm in an, gotcha. a, a, if I'm with clients, then I may well use acupressure mm-hmm. points. So I may use this one here between my eyebrows <gasps> and just mm-hmm. a few seconds pressing on there kind of can bring back focus as can this one here, which is in the top lip, just below the nose where you can feel your gums beneath, beneath your lip. Mm-hmm. Just some acupressure mm-hmm. there can just help to kind of revive you in a way. And I also use things like oil. I've always got lemon or lime or wild orange oil. Lemon and lime in particular are great for focus. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I notice when when my batteries yeah. are draining and I'm I'm starting to really feel like I'm losing energy, I want to bring myself right. back to focus. And so some essential oil dabbed on a cotton, on a, a tissue or something and just proper inhaling is is just wonderful. So these are little mm-hmm. things that nobody would think, what are you doing? Oh. You know, they're not bizarre things, but you could do them if you were with yes. other people and, and they would just think, oh, maybe Joe's got a headache. She's just kind of pressing here. What they don't know is that I'm actually yeah. ut- utilizing that acupressure point. Oh my gosh. Uh- <laughs> I'm literally, I'm, I already would love to bring you back on and talk a little bit more about the other methods that you could, I, I'm so, as somebody who's super interested in sort of like holistic wellness and things like that, acupressure, I was actually just doing a bunch of research on acupuncture for like anxiety and stress for, cause I, I too work, work in the corporate world and I can really start to wear on you even, you know what I mean? Just doing the regular day to day. And I'm like, how can I recharge? And I love that. I love the acupressure. I love the dance break. I love all of it. That is so, it's discreet, but mm-hmm. it's effective. And uh, it's just sort of infusing that energy back into your day. Oh, that's incredible. That's incredible. Well, I can honestly say that I'm going to be using that acupre- acupressure um, technique, number one. <laughs> but number two, so what I'm really hearing is that, uh, excuse me, identifying your strengths, playing to those and not trying to sort of meet expectations that are unrealistic for you, that would drain you, communicating these clearly to the individuals that you work with, to your community, all of these things will help sort of you uh, navigate the world as an introvert a little bit easier and a little bit better. I absolutely love these techniques. Uh, I love all of this information that you've shared. And I also love how you address the negative connotations with introversion and from an unbiased, objective perspective. Before we wrap up, is there anything that you would like to share or leave with the audience? Probably the big thing I'd like to share is that because up to 50% of any population identifies as an introvert, we're going to have them in our families, in our social circles, in our work circles, wherever they are. So it's about being curious rather than labeling and judging behavior being curious and and starting to inquire about you know whether people are are having enough downtime whether they need a bit of quiet space particularly for those who've got children you know we we think that when we pick the kids up from school oh, yeah. we want them to talk about their day right away and yet if they're an introverted child they need to decompress before they're able to talk So the more we understand this diversity, and it is a neurodiversity, the more we're curious about it and stay open, the more likely we are to create inclusive societies. So stay curious and, and don't label or judge, 
but actually start to really inquire and understand. I love that. Stay curious, don't label and judge, inquire and understand. That can be applied literally across all aspects of life. But definitely, I mean, for sure, in terms of connecting with people and, and honoring our neurodiversities, honoring our differences, and just finding a way for us to work together. Um, it's just wonderful words, jo- Joanna. I love, I absolutely love it. Thank you so much for coming on. This was such an interesting conversation. And like I said, something that's very close to my heart. So it it makes me feel acknowledged and mm-hmm. recognized to, to just to understand that, you know, these behaviors are not weird. I'm not antisocial. I love, I love, I'm loving this conversation and I love talking with people I love to connect with. So just like we were saying, there are misconceptions that introverts are very like, we don't like to talk. We just want to stay <laughs> to ourselves or, you know, very stay in our room and hermit. No, we love to get out and connect with people. So thank you so much for coming on. I would love to have you back. Um, this was a great conversation. Thank you so much. Oh, I'd love to come back and thank you. I, I true too have enjoyed connecting. So thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome. So everybody, I hope that you listen to this conversation and you have gained a little bit more understanding, empathy, perspective for the introverts in your life. And if you are an introvert, I hope that you've gained um, a bit more pride in yourself and some curiosity into exploring these strengths. So Joanna's information and her bio is going to be in the episode description. So please, if you have any questions or you want to check her out, please follow up with her there. So as usual, everybody, always such great conversations. They really energize me. And I just thank everybody so much for giving me the privilege of this platform. Thank you again, Joanna. Of course, you guys already know I love each and every one of you. And please do not forget to bloom where you are planted. Mm